welcome to the 250th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. Oh my gosh, what's going on with this intro? We're all over the place. They got very Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but the that two. Well, you did that organ thing. Well, I did the lightning and thunder. Yeah, and that makes me think of, of course, whenever I think of lightning and thunder, I think of Dracula's castle, of course, of course. And then I think of that organ. That's thing. where the only place it happens. Yeah, it's pretty and Florida. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, my name's Quizmaster Lee. What's up, y'all? Quizmaster Mark Davis in the house. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Had a nice weekend. Saw Asteroid City. Awesome. By Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. co-written by the guy who did the uh, Peaches music video for Presidents of the United States of America, <laughs> Roman Coppola. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. He's known for that. There right? you go. There's a fucking poll. I had no idea. Yeah. I was uh, I was actually looking at Peaches thinking maybe that would be a good fit for lyrics to go, and I saw a little fact about him directing the music video of that, and then... Later that day, went to the theater and saw his name again on the big screen in the credits. I wonder if that was the music video for Peaches was his idea. If you were unfamiliar, for some reason, in the middle of the video, right when when it gets to the ending, a bunch of ninjas jump out. Yeah. And there's a giant fight. And I I wonder if he was like, here's my idea. That was expressly his idea. I can tell you right now, actually. He said that he was watching a lot of ninja movies at the time. (laughs) And he wanted to shoot a ninja fight sequence. Okay. So you're right on the money there. All right. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. How are you doing? Fine. 250. Yeah. Feels good, man. Yeah. That's nuts. I'm uh, every time I always say I'm shocked. Mm -hmm. And here I am still shocked. Yeah. Well, prepare yourself for 300. You know, that'll be coming up later this year. Uh, Another 50. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Later this year. Yeah. 52 weeks in a year. So I don't mean by the end of the year. I just mean like in the next year period. I was okay. I was like, (laughs) uh, I mean, unless we start doing two episodes a week, that's not going to happen. Okay. Well, we could. In a, in a, in not in a Patreon, you know, let's get that Patreon pumped up. Maybe we refer to in the banking industry as a rolling 365 days. That's what we're talking about. A rolling year. Like Limp Biscuit, we keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling what? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling who? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Enough of that. They are still rolling. That band is still together and uh, performing. Yeah, well, I know they they were and, go- they were done for a while, mm-hmm. um, and then they're back together. And I don't know if that's for good or they put out an album. They put out an album. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad I, vibes was the single. I do remember that. Yeah, uh, better I guess than some of their other stuff. But is it good? No, I don't think I don't think I'd go for so far as to say. It was good. It seems like they're in a decent spot mentally, which is more than I could say than a lot of bands from that era. So good for them, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. Actually, I just recently saw a meme that I had posted a while ago. This is, if you can't handle me at my Durst, then you don't deserve me at my Wes. Um, <laughs> With West Borland. West Borland, who is far and away the coolest member of that band. The favorite um, son of Limp oh, Biscuit, Big dumb face mm-hmm, himself. Yeah. Duke Lyon. Very, very weird guy. Well, lots of interesting things happening in pop culture, but in our world, we host trivia. Yeah. And we're going to give you our weekly wrap-up right now. This week saw Just the Tips break out of a tie for third place all-times winner record 
over the Wet Boys and the Moist Men. The three of y'all were tied for our third most overall winners, but this week, Just the Tips broke out ahead, capturing their 32nd overall win. Holy shit. Ending quiz number 531 at Ollie's Pub with 123, 123 points. While You Smell Different When You're Awake moved up on that list to position number eight with their 15th overall win, that occurring at Pointy Bell Brewing Company for quiz number 532, where they ended with 136 points. And this week, we also held our first quiz at Fathom's Restaurant and Bar on Thursday for quiz number 533, which began with a tie between Wine Down and Wieners in our first round before Wine Down pulled ahead by a small margin in round two. Ultimately, though, it would be Hattrick who would win the first quiz at Fathoms, ending with 108 points. Kate Ballers and Lobo Solo tying for second place, 96 points, and Clownfish in third with 94 points. That would be uh, Tom from Cool Comics and Games playing Lobo Solo, tying in second place that night, and he didn't even make the first round. So just imagine Jeez. what would have happened if he had been there at the uh, the correct time of 6.30 p.m. Decimated. There. I accidentally posted 7.30 that morning, so I feel a little bad because I feel like it caused him to be a little bit late, uh, maybe. But, uh, yeah, that's what happened at No Nonsense Trivia Live this week. Mark, how has trivia been at Nice Guys Pizza recently? Uh, it has been good. Uh, first round, we had quite a number of people there. Very, very rainy Wednesday uh, this past week. Uh, we had some people sitting outside that had to rush inside. Um, the first round going to Penis Pied Pipers with 20 points. Mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. second round uh, going to I Yam Stew Peed with 47 points. It was Jamie Carmichael along with some friends and some of his uh, his younger relatives. His, um, his uh, what is it, I guess his nephew... Uh, Cadence, who's a little kid, uh, has been bugging him about going to trivia every week because he has so much fun. So they came out winning the second round. And when I read that name, he yelled out, yeah, you are. And I told him that my Uh. feelings were very hurt. And he came and he said he was sorry and that he loved me and gave me a hug. Nice. I thought maybe that was uh, Popeye on that team with the team name like that. (laughs) And olive oil. (laughs) (laughs) The last round, however, going back to Penis Pied Pipers uh, with 85 points. Left of Sanity was in the house. Yeah. Um, and That's did, H-Bomb and Friends. Yes, I'm just did give very, one very well, um, but couldn't make it. It was uh, H-Bomb and Amanda? his sister Amanda's dad's birthday. Oh, uh, So happy they were birthday. out celebrating. Yeah, so happy birthday. I got everybody in there singing happy birthday to them, uh, and it was a good time. So That's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, if you missed it and you'd like to join us for trivia soon, we're at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral on our new night of Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards. Free cards. Which you could use at the <laughs> bar. Threw me off without doing free beer first. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's I, everything's a whole all fucking, Everything was all fucking whacked out of, out of weight. It was great, though. I mean, there was a big turnout whacked at Ollie's out this of week. Weight. What the hell was I just saying? <laughs> Just forget it. We're moving up. We're moving <laughs> Jesus. up. But yeah, we're at Ollie's on Tuesday's night. You can win free cards. Uh-huh. But you can use that at the bar or on one of their signature sandwiches. Try the many Ollie-licious offerings. The menu at Ollie's Pub has every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. when we have our weekly quiz. On Wednesdays, we're live at Point E. Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz. 
and to enjoy God Tier Smash Burger. Now we're talking from our weekly food vendor. Come play our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starting at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. And Thursdays, we're back in Cape Coral at Fathoms Restaurant and Bar located in Cape Harbor. We'll be offering Fathoms gift cards. Free cards. <laughs> again, for first, second, and third place. We'll work out that bit at this new weekly quiz event. Come enjoy some perfect prub pub. It's okay. Perfect hey. prub pub. Perfect prub pub. Pub grub. Come, come enjoy some. There you go. Oh, I like that actually. Come, oh. en, come enjoy some perfect pub grub. What was it supposed to be? Perfect pub provisions. Oh, but pub I, grub, I, baby. I love the pub grub. You're welcome. Come enjoy some pub grub <laughs> alongside our quiz based on your category requests at Fathoms and Cape Coral on Thursdays at 6:30 p.m. We're just workshopping it here, folks. And of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. For a link to that quiz, the Zoom meeting, you can check the show notes or just visit http colon slash slash bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Won't you? <laughs> Man, oh. I can barely hold it together here. Let's take a little break, and then we'll get into our first round of our 250th episode of Trivia. From no nonsense. I don't like that. Let me try that again. Uh, we're gonna take a little break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> I think that uh, whole thing works. <laughs> we're gonna take a I'll bring me right back. Bye. <laughs> we're back. And it's time for round one, and I'm going to kick this off, Mark, with a question for you about famous cocktails. Okay. What vodka cocktail was designed in 1941 to make use of a surplus of copper mugs from Russia? Hmm. Well, I never understood why they were served in copper mugs at first. This is, this is a three-pointer if I ever heard it. Because, of course, there's one drink that is famously served in copper mugs. And Russia, of course, the capital of, is Moscow. A lot of crazy stuff going on in Russia right now, huh? Yeah. Ukraine. And depending on when you listen to it, there might be even more crazy stuff. I'm sure. Or less crazy stuff. Who's to say? It's kind of a a period of... uh, Yeah. Um, I don't know. An intermediary period right now. (laughs) Of ebbs and flows. Things are happening. Um, but the, I think the answer is the Moscow mule. That's correct. Perfect. Yes. And yeah, this, uh, maybe this is a more palatable three point easy question for listeners, uh, such as Anand who pointed out on our discord this week that our, uh, our question from episode 222 about primary colors and it being an easy question where we said red, blue, and yellow being the three primary colors, pointed out that that is a matter of perspective, whether you're looking at it from uh, an art perspective or a physics perspective. 
Uh, that might be red, blue, and green if you're looking at it from like a physics perspective with light. So a little clarification there. We'll get to more of that in our missed corrections. But yes, this one is a little bit more obviously a uh, three-point question, easy question. I did have 100% of my teams got this right. But I thought that this was kind of like written in like a perfect PIBS format. Uh, you know, so I wanted to present that there is like, you know, this is an easy question, but it's got everything you need. It's got a clear hint. And uh, I'm trying to work on making my questions a little bit easier for my live trivia because we do hear pretty routinely like these are pretty difficult questions and stuff like that. And all in the name of, you know, having good fun. I tell them, you know, if you want hard questions, go see my man, Mark Davis, at Nice Guys Pizza Trivia. He will give you a challenge. I'll give you the um, hard stuff. You were curious about why they're served in copper mugs, Mark. I yep. have the story for you, actually. Please. So the... Uh, originator of those mugs was a woman by the name of Sophie Berezinsky. She was a Russian immigrant who brought 2,000 copper mugs from her father's copper factory to sell in America, um, the land of opportunity, as it's, as it's said to be. Mm-hmm. Well, her husband got sick of the mugs after carrying them around. She couldn't sell them, said, you got to either sell these mugs or toss them out. So she went like door to door in Hollywood, apparently, trying to sell these mugs. And eventually she came across the Cock and Bull pub on the Sunset Strip. And inside was that pub's owner, Jack Morgan, who was having trouble selling his new ginger beer. And the uh, new owner of the Smirnoff distillery, John Martin, well, he had owned it uh, since the 30s. But Sophie came in. She had these mugs. The three of them had products that they had made or you know procured and weren't able to sell. So they put all of those ingredients together. You know, the copper mug, keeping it. You know, it's a very uh, you know cold uh, metal. Like when you get the ice in there. Sure. What's the word for that? It's cold and in, in, not inductive. Cold um, holding. Cold holding. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what you would call that temp, temp, temperate, uh, uh, thermal, thermal, trapping, insulated, yeah. naturally. Insula- well, it's not insulated. It's not insulated, yeah. though. Yeah. It's something. It's a cold conductor. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> a cold conductor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, they tried out some different recipes and stuff and eventually settled on what we know as the uh, the final version of the Moscow. And then right meal. when they put it all together, some guy who was trying to sell crates of limes. Oh, had to stop yeah. in there was like, hey, I got a, someone ordered too many limes. I got all these limes. You know, we got a drink I could cut up and put limes in. And they were like, actually, the great California this accent, is by the way. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just came in from there's, Brooklyn. There's limes in a Moscow my... mule, right? Yeah, you can garnish with a lime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Making all sure. Right. I don't know if I've ever had a Moscow mule. Oh, they're pretty good. They're nice and cold. Thanks to the copper mug. <laughs> Hashtag not mad. I remember uh, at work, you can get like a prize, you know, for your anniversary or if you do something good or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of them was. Have you ever gotten mugs. one? I have. Oh, okay. A number of them. Nice. I got a cool little uh, desk clock that doubles as a wireless charger, actually. And when I got it, people would come in and go, oh, okay, where is that from? And I was like, it was a snappy gift. Thank you very much. So you just like put your phone on top of the mm-hmm. clock? Okay. Charges right up. You can't have a case on it, though. Or you need like a slimmer case than the one I have. Oh, gotcha. It doesn't work for me, but that's fine. Damn. Here is your first question from me. Who is the equivalent to the Greek god Eros in Roman mythology? I think it's uh, Uranus. Is that your guess? The god of the sky? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Sorry, that's incorrect. <sighs> Eros is the god of love, Lee. Oh, and Cupid. Cupid mm-hmm. is the correct answer. Yes. I should have remembered that song, Eros Arriving. I don't even remember who did that, but that's, I think, a song about like love is you know coming to town, as uh, David Byrne would say in The Talking <laughs> Heads. Um, so, yeah. Damn. I don't know why I thought that was... I, 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 that was one that I, I was like, oh, I've heard this one before. Well, I you thought know? it was going to be relatively easy, and you came over, you come, came out confidently <laughs> swinging. <laughs> I was wrong, as usual. Anyway, here's a uh, soccer question for you. U.S. soccer, to be specific. David Beckham began the U.S. portion of his professional career playing for which major league soccer team whose name indicates their city as a, quote, home to the stars? David Beckham began ah. the U.S. portion of his professional soccer career playing for which major league soccer team whose name indicates their city as a home to the stars? Uh, some good hints here. Thank you. Um because you really you have to know, I think um, it's it's just enough to get you in the right direction. The home of the stars. You think of one or two places. Could be New York, which I was actually first thinking. Where I grow my limes. <laughs> exactly. I drove these fucking limes all the way from New York City to L.A. I can't sell them out here. You got your own limes. I didn't know. This is also your. If I'm correct, this is your second California question. Yes. Noticing a little bit of a trend here. Um, so yeah, I, at first I was thinking that he played in New York, and I believe they're they're like they're the New York's team is like the New York Red Bull or something like that. I think they're like through and through like a Red Bull it's sponsored team. Um, but I believe you're talking about the LA Galaxy. So I'm going to say that that's correct. Okay, well done. You did a good job of not showing anything when I said LA Galaxy. I was like. That's my answer. <laughs> I felt like I gave too much away when you said this is your second Californian question in a row. And I said, yes. <laughs> so right, here's one that I think might be a little easier. Mesopotamia, modern day Iraq, roughly translates to between the two rivers. What are the names of the rivers it was between? Uh, The Nile and the Indus are my answers. I'm sorry, that's <sighs> in. It's very incorrect. Yeah. No, the correct answer <laughs> is the Tigris and the Euphrates. Mm, yeah, Nile's a little bit too far west, probably. Yeah, it's down there. Well, I didn't know how big the span was, you know. That's fair. Mesopotamia. I thought maybe it was. Tigers and Euphrates, I remember mm-hmm. learning about. It's just one of those, you know, like, I, I I remember being in class and learning about Mesopotamia and the Tigris and Euphrates. There's a lot of stuff that I just, like, kind of recollect, and I don't remember learning it. But, like, I remember sitting in my desk in, like, whatever sixth grade or whatever fifth grade or whatever and learning about the tigris and the euphrates very weird well it was you know it was part of the curriculum at the time i think it probably still is i know and and now we know that's part of our curriculum and that it borders the mesopotamian uh (laughs) you know region yeah modern day iraq so i will remember that now i I don't know if i've uh looked at that since those those days of elementary school but thank you for reminding me that's what i'm here for a wine question. Oh. My third question for you. This is where I go down. What floral term is used by wine tasters to describe a wine's complex aroma 
that develops after having been barreled and aged. What floral term is used by wine tasters to describe a wine's complex aroma that develops after having been barreled and aged? Floral term. So I first thought without floral term and thinking about the implications of floral term was nose. I know that people would say the nose of the, the wine, but I don't think that's a floral term. So, um, floral term. I'm going to automatically think too deep into this. I can sense it. Um, the, uh, can I hear the question one more time? Sure. What floral term is used by wine tasters to describe a wine's complex aroma after that develops after having been barreled and aged? I'm trying to like invite Ryan Lay into my brain. I'm trying to like mm-hmm. take his or Naomi's bodies and pull them into mine so I know the answer to this. But it's not working. Some kind of wine-based osmosis technique where you just absorb their knowledge through the grape. Ryan is either still drunk or is already drunk today, and I can't invite him in (laughs) drinking so much wine. Um, damn, man. There's Um, only so much wine. This song is so good. We better stop singing though. John uh, John Lewis's Twitch stream got a copyright violation because I was singing on it. I guess I was singing so good that the copyright was like <laughs> that was the problem. Strike you down. Um, floral term. The um, I'll, uh, it's not aroma. I don't think. Um, the you're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, duh. <laughs> yeah, you're nodding. Yep. Because you know this is your Tigris and Euphrates moment, my friend. Um, the um, say floral term. Yeah. These smell. See, I I think I'm having like trouble thinking of like how this word be used. Florals to describe. Um, uh, I'm having trouble letting this one go because I know and <laughs> and you nodding as I'm just saying yeah egging you on it's like oh okay then I know I know it's there um all right mind palace time feel free to edit at will Um, do you want me to stop the recording for a second? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, 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 no need to do that. Um, the, uh, floral term, I'll say fragrance. No, I'm sorry, Mark. The correct answer is the bouquet, the bouquet. 
I've never heard that. But no, I, that, no. But that's I mean, never heard of a wine having a full, robust, oaky bouquet. I have not. No. Oh, okay. Well, you I don't hang, hang out of palace a little bit more then. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't like wine. I've had, you know, like the one, the only time I've ever sat and participated in drinking a bottle of wine was when, uh, when um, uh, Tim or not Tim, uh, but Eric Wareheim mm-hmm. released Sweetberry wine. Sweetberry wine. And uh, bought it, and it was like a, a, a relatively expensive, yeah, yeah, relatively expensive bottle of wine. We and shared that bottle exactly, yeah, and uh, drank like a glass and a half of it. It gets me very horny drunk. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. Yeah, wine gets me very flush. You should drink more of it then. I think. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I don't know why you don't why you don't like wine. It's too much. The power just overcomes you. I guess. I'll. I'll I, I may have told this story on the, power the podcast, of the wine. but whatever. It's our sixth birthday. Mm-hmm. So anniversary, we were, I mean, we'll call it a birthday when a quiz mistress <laughs> and a quiz master <laughs> have a baby, the podcast, the baby, uh, and, uh, it was born just about six years ago today. There you go. Um, <laughs> I had a boss once where I worked at this job where he had gone to Napa Valley to do like a wine pairing thing. And when he came back on like a Friday at the end of work, we closed like an hour early. And he did this. He reenacted this wine tasting with us. I had never really drank wine. I didn't really drink much at that point at all. And um, I, uh, he, you know, he gave us like a little spittoon so we could spit it out. But, you know, it was like, pair this with cheese, pair this with meat, pair this with fruit, da, 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 da. And he's like, you can spit it out. And I was like, no way I'm spitting this out. <laughs> so I just kept drinking it. Um, and it would be like a sip here, sip there or whatever. But man, after like three or four sips, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was. a huge boner. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing I knew, it was fucking a coworker in the <laughs> copy room. It was just, uh, it was just surprising. I was kind of just taken, taken aback. You you mentioned uh, Mind Palace uh, in that sus, and I just wanted to uh, point out that in Asteroid City, there's a great example of Mind Palace technique going on because Ooh. there's a subplot of uh, five young scientists that are invited to this like uh, like camp slash astronomy ceremony type thing in the you know in this asteroid city and they're all bored so they sit around and because they're all super smart they play this game where like they each like name a person and then they have to remember the entire list you know going around in the circle and one says this is gonna take forever with us you know because we're all so smart and stuff and so sure enough throughout the movie they continue to play this game as as the movie goes on but in that first scene when they discover this is going to be very easy they start doing it backwards and they make a point to show that the characters are looking at each character and remembering who each character submitted as a name. So tying the names to the faces of who submitted it, clearly helping them to, hmm. with their memory. And I just thought that that was a cool little example of a mind palace in the wild. You don't usually see it. Yeah. You know? How many stars would you give Asteroid City out of five? Okay. So I'm going to give you my star rating. And I, you know, I, this is a positive review. I just want to say that. I give it a three out of five. It's not in my top five Wes Anderson movies, but I think it's better than most movies. And it's uh, it's very complex, thought-provoking, highly stylistic, gorgeous to look at, well-written. But um, 
I didn't feel an emotional connection to it like I do with some of his other movies. I felt like that was missing a little bit. And like I said, it's a, it's a I give it a positive review, but um, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Royal Tenenbaums, those are like those are my top two basically. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend it. Cool. I it's like. I hate rating things too like immediately. So this is going out the day after I watched it. That's fine. I might change my opinion on it, you know, over well, time. Well, I asked because I noticed that speaking of beautiful to look at, your wife mm-hmm. gave it a five star rating. Yes. Which bowled me over. Mm. I was shocked to see a five star rating. Yeah. And I was I was so I had to ask. I had to ask what your opinion was. Yeah, it's uh it was it was good. I would even say it was it was I don't know. I don't, maybe I wouldn't say it was great. I was about to say, I would even say it was great, but it is, it is great. It is great. But, um, it's hard when you're, when you're rating something like that against his own movies. And I believe that Wes Anderson is definitely one of those where you can't help, but rate it against other Wes Anderson movies first, because there are so many stylistic similarities between his movies Yeah, that you have to, you kind of can't help, but automatically be like, Okay, how would I rate this against Moonlight Kingdom or Moonrise Kingdom mm-hmm. or, you know, Isle of Dogs or, you know, all yeah. this other stuff? That's okay. So, Isle of Dogs, that's a movie that I felt like I like just a little bit more than this one. Okay. Basically. So, that's that's kind of where I place it in my own in my own rating. But if you're a Wes Anderson fan, this is him doing his thing. He is hitting a lot of the same stylistic themes that he's done. There's like, you know, a lot of like those shots where they're sets. You know, that are supposed to be real locations, kind of like in Life Aquatic, Steve Zizou, where it's clearly a, a, a set of a boat right. and stuff like that. Um, and the, uh, it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't obviously give away its symbolism and its metaphors. And, and I think that's where some of my resistance to like give it a really high rating comes from is because I don't know that I totally understand what this movie is about. I get the story, but what's it about? <laughs> you know, yeah, I got you. And what's he trying to say with it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's what I'm still kind of mulling over. Yeah. I had the same thing with the life aquatic. I did not connect very much with that movie on an emotional level. Like I did Royal Tenenbaums, big time and Rushmore. Um, and that I saw that I kind of reconnected with, with, um, some, some of his later stuff. Like I, I really liked, um, fantastic Mr. Fox as well. Um, and, uh, what was one of the last movies? What were some of the, um, the French dispatch? I never saw that. actually. Oh, okay. Which that was good. Yeah. I like that one. I feel like most of his movies now I go, that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is, he's, he's kind of settled into, I don't want to say a formula, but he, you can say it. He's making, he's doing his thing. Like I said earlier, it's Wesley Anderson doing his thing. And, Nobody does it like him. I'd like to see him just fucking break out and do something completely different. Go rewatch Super Bottle Dark. Rocket. Yeah, that's fair. That's, <laughs> if you want to see very, a Wes Anderson fair. movie that doesn't feel necessarily like a Wes Anderson movie, it did feel like a Wes Anderson movie when all that there was was Rushmore. But now I think looking back, it's yeah. uh, rather unrefined compared yeah. to his, his other stuff, and rightfully so. You know. All right. Here is my last question of the th- the first round here. Which country's name given by early foreign traders refers to the precious metal silver? Which country's name given by early foreign traders refers to the precious metal silver? 
Is it Argentina? It is. All Argentina. right. Great job. Thank you. Great job. Thanks. I don't know if I've heard that one before, but something brought me there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Argent, mm-hmm. uh, the original name for silver, once upon a ah. time. That's how we get the AG, I believe. Someone. Will, oh, maybe that's what I'm it was. Sure someone will miscorrect me. I've got like little elves working in my mind palace for me. I just say, you know, give me what's in there. You think Argentina? <laughs> Work it up. Oh, my gosh. Bring me something. Am I becoming an AI? What's going on? (laughs) Anyway, let's take a little break. Yes. And then we're going to come back with uh, some no notes, some miscorrections, and our second round of trivia. Oh, boy. And it's time for some miscorrections. Miscorrections. We heard from A.A. Ron, a no note, uh, letting us know the original EA Sports tagline was not sports or EA Sports. Sports. <laughs> it's, it's you want to take that again? <laughs> Sports. Speaking of Eric Wareheim, there you go. The famous Tim and Eric sketch. Sports. Indeed. Uh, he wrote that the original tagline was not EA Sports. It's in the game. But if it's in the game, it's in the game. As in, if it's present in the sport itself, it will be in the video game, which as is well. ingenious. Yes, I did it's not. Re- we were yeah, but it, we were confused by the, the the what it ended up being. Well, because it, the truncated version does it. It's kind of like when when a movie gets over edited mm-hmm. and they'll leave something in there. It's you know you've probably run into this with editing the podcast. Yeah. where like something will be referenced and you'll cut something out because maybe something is like. Not recorded well, people talking over each other, or like something is said that should you remove really the be context. Said. And then and then later on someone will refer to it and you're just like, I hope no one asked. Like it's like, yeah, it's like banana peppers. <laughs> and someone's like, What the f no one was talking about yeah. banana peppers. And immediately, you know, meanwhile you cut out a whole section where you're talking about shoving banana peppers up your asshole or something, you cut out Well, hopefully, um, yeah, not leaving that in. <laughs> but uh yeah, so um, spicy. Totally, totally understand why that's kind of like I mean it still makes sense, yeah. I guess, but it makes much more sense when it's if it's in the game, it's in the game. Right. And we heard from Whiskey, who uh, said a couple corrections. Charles Leclerc. Leclerc? Leclerc. Charles Leclerc <laughs> isn't French. He's Monegas- Monegasque, and Monaco is its own country. Yeah, Monegasque, I think. Monegasque. Mon- yeah, I think it's Monegasque. You're right. Uh, yeah, that was my bad. Um, I, and as a matter of fact, she and I talked a little bit about that um, when she was doing my trivia a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, it's like this little little section of France. Mm-hmm. Um, come, you know. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're, you're right. I know I'm wrong. But it's an easy mistake to make is what I'm saying. Yes. And this, this brings me to our next one um, from Anand, Ugh. who said... On our Discord, isn't it a teensy bit irresponsible to ask a question about how many total stars are on the flags of three different countries without doing the due diligence to find out how many are on each? 
Now, if I could speak on your behalf for just a moment, I would I would say that you probably looked this up originally. You did not have the notes on the breakdown when you asked me the question, Handy. And we just kind of moved on from that. And Nan uh, has charged us with being irresponsible. N- nay, me in particular. Yes. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 guess, a, I guess we come as a package deal. Yes. So yeah, we're putting the podcast that's out. Fair. And I will say as part of that package, maybe I did not push you firmly enough to, you know, sometimes I'll ask you for follow-up information and you don't have it. And you say, oh, I don't know. And we just move on, you know. But I do think that there is something here to what Anand is saying. And we do, because he continues, as a trivia podcast, you have a responsibility to make sure the answers are correct. But when you leave off saying there are five stars on the Pakistani flag, a listener could very well take that for a fact. Um so I, I see the point there, you know, and uh, we should do more due diligence on that um, in that regard. Do you have anything you want to respond with, Mark? I know I feel like you took it a little personally. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I think that there are a couple. I mean, you know, how much time do you have? Look, I mean, we have this this part of the podcast specifically for giving wrong information and, and getting it right. So, you know, at the end of the day, my the answer that I gave is correct. When you said how many stars, blah, 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 blah. I think I said, I don't know. And then I started kind of like rattling off like my best guess. So, I mean, I did say I didn't know. I, I don't think I was like confidently just kind of giving the information. Mm-hmm. Because we've missed some episodes, etc. I'm like weeks and weeks back from the trivia I do at nice guys, which I think is probably nice for the people that play nice guys trivia online because it, you know, kind of makes you try and remember what the answers were instead of having just heard them. So, I mean, like the questions I'm reading now are from a month ago, from like a month and a half, two months ago where I had the information then when I did my live trivia and I don't have the information now. I also scroll through and pick some of my favorite questions, I don't have them pre-selected. So I understand being like, it would be handier, it would be nicer to have that information. I do understand that. But using words like irresponsible and things like that, I think that, uh, you know, and like people are going to take it as fact. I can't imagine anybody being in a life or death situation where someone's like, Gun to your head. How many fucking stars well, on the Pakistani of course, flag? Of course, it's not life or death, Mark. But, you but know, like, people, you know, they probably will associate some of these facts with our podcast. And, like, when they think about them and stuff like that, you know, in, in different situations. And, and we want those people to have accurate information. I do. And like I said, I, I mean, I didn't say these are the answers. I would be curious to go back and hear the clip of what I said. But I would bet dollars to donuts that I did not say the answers are confidently this, this, and this. I think I said, I'm not sure. I, I, I think it was something like this mm-hmm. and try and like muttered some stuff and probably trailed off at the end. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that's probably the case. I'm sorry I didn't have the right answer. There you go, Anand. I guess I could have just said, I don't know, and look it up yourself and moved on. I don't think that's as fun or as engaging. So I tried to get, and I also didn't want to sit there and like Google three separate flags. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. 
the reality is, is that if we had more funding, we could have somebody else just sitting in here and listening to the things that we say and then provide us with a live missed correction in the moment or something along those lines. Until then, we will do our best to try and catch ourselves, folks. Uh, we will increase the amount of diligence that we do on that capacity. But please also understand we're speaking off the cuff here. This is primarily an entertainment podcast. And uh, we're not going to catch everything, but we appreciate you letting us know, just as Anon did, that China has one big star with uh, four small ones, and Australia has six of different size, and Pakistan has only one. one. Yes. So that's the I guess you could also there. yell at you, because you didn't edit it out. You didn't edit out my correct information. That's what I'm saying. So maybe we, the real problem here, Anand, maybe the person you should be mad, maybe the irresponsible <laughs> person here is Lee for leaving that information in and when it's incorrect. As you said, I think we come as a package deal. So that's, I am, I am. <laughs> no, take, no, no, it's all you. <laughs> I'm t- I am taking some responsibility <laughs> there as well. And, uh, and we thank Anand for, uh, you know, his listenership and, and giving us feedback on some of these older episodes. As well, we heard from uh, Steve with just a little bit of a no note here. Um, F I D E, I've always heard pronounced as Fide. Yeah, what the fuck? By was Americans, this? at least. That is not the group that I would think would pronounce it that way. But um, definitely a no note, not a correction since spelling is. Spelling it out is certainly valid, but I do wonder if that would have helped Lee. That would have not helped Lee. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't even remember the question. It was what uh, what game is FIDE, the international um, organization? Oh, gotcha. For and that was uh, chess, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. And in the words of Quizmaster Mark on the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, two rights make a wrong. You being right and you writing in. If you'd like to write us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at no nonsense trivia gmail.com or give us a call at one 356 6966 or find us on social media. If you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple Podchaser and Good Pods. Mark, the you know how I'm pods. becoming a, a pro at this uh, podcasting thing? How? Are you, I, am I supposed to say yes, or am I supposed to ask you how? You can ask me how. I'll tell you how. How? Because when you did the 69 thing, that's when I let out my burp that I had stored while I was reading. <laughs> so this is perfect timing, basically. Yeah. Listeners probably didn't even notice that burp. Anyway. I didn't. No. Yeah. You did. You Pro did. Status. You did very good. How about you kick off our uh, second round here? Boy, would I love to. Grungetta is the girlfriend of what fictional character? Grungetta. Grungetta is the girlfriend of what fictional character? I'm presuming Grungetta is fictional as well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall going on. I don't know. Now, there's an Grungetta. additional hint I could add. I, I kept it as this. This was like a seven point, eight point question. This mm. was a hard question. There is. So you didn't ask. You didn't add, add. You didn't add the hint live either. No. Oh, okay. Grungetta. Grungetta. Um. Well, it's got to be some kind of scummy character <laughs> with a girlfriend named Grungetta. Not scummy necessarily. I don't mean that in an insulting way, but like a punk Jesus. character, you know? Um, Rude. Like maybe it's like Rash, Pimple, or Zitz. One of the Battletoads would have a, a girlfriend named Grungetta. Um, 
Sorry, I'm re-putting my lid on my tea. Conquer. Thanks for the ice, by the way. You got it. I've even got more tea in there if you're running low. You hear this, folks? Mm-hmm. Now you're making me thirsty. Mm. Grungetta. What was uh, <laughs> Doug's nemesis? Doug loved patty mayonnaise. And there was that green-skinned guy. Who always reminded me of Kyle's brother. Because <laughs> he's got the red hair. Patrick, like the, he yeah. Did, yeah. Sorry, Kyle. He does look kind of like him. I have to admit. Is Kyle the, getting up? No green skin, though. <laughs> um, what was his name? Oh, come on, uh, guy. Come on. Oh, uh, stop bullying me. Expertly done. Zach. <laughs> Zip. Skeeter was his friend. Grungetta. I don't know. It's probably not Doug's bully. Hehehe. <laughs> That guy, Grungetta, Kurt Cobain, is <laughs> Courtney Love's nickname. <laughs> oh, you said fictional character. Uh, Grungetta. All right, you know what? I'm going to be pathetic here and ask for a hint. It's got. I, 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 let, let me tell you this. You're on the right track. I will say. This, I, I'll give you this hint. This is a medium level hint. All right. This fictional character is not animated. Mm, okay. Thinking of uh, the bullies from Salute Your Shorts now. I will say also not a person. Oh. Not animated and not a person. A fictional character. Not animated, not a person. So not animated could either mean that they're like a live action character, or it could mean that they're like a book character. Live action. Okay. All right. Cody from Step by Step. (laughs) Not human. (laughs) Not human. <laughs> I forgot about the not human. Part. Like, Jesus, someone really hates. <laughs> he just those. lives in a van in the backyard. <laughs> well, I guess if you are without a home, you're not human. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, was he? Uh, was Cody the character on Step by Step? Am I getting that I'm right? I'm not sure. I've never seen an episode oh, okay. of Step by Step. To be honest with you, I was just using the live action. Cody human. was a human being. Yeah, I, for, well, I forgot about the <laughs> the human thing. Um. Dinosaurs. I guess that's puppet animation. Live action and not human. And has a romantic partner. I'd say dinosaurs is along the the same. Okay. Along. Oh, man. Grungetta. It's going to be something like uh, Grover from Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Oh, my God. That's the road wow. I'm living on. <laughs> it's all yeah. these trivia events. Stressing me. Semi-Freudian. <laughs> um, 
Grungetta. Maybe it's a character from Fraggle Rock. I don't remember any of those characters' names. Bear in the Big Blue House. What's like a gross kids show? Grungetta. Sounds very 90s. Obviously, grunge, a huge, like, you know, music genre and cultural movement that came out of the Seattle scene in the 90s. Right there, north of Los Angeles, where all these shows are being made. I guess uh, some of those were in New York. (sighs) Man. Both bananas and pajamas dating the same woman. Named Grungetta. They are bananas. They're not human either. Could be them. <clears throat> I've given you enough, I think. Yeah. And yet here I am, desperately wanting. All right. I'm trying to think of uh, a character that would say Grungetta in a romantic fashion. And I just got to go with... Uh, not human Cody, who lives in a van behind the house, but a little green guy who was once orange that lives in a can on Sesame Street, a.k.a. Stressame Street. Oscar the Grouch. That's correct. Yes! You finally got there. Yes! <laughs> when you said Grover on Sesame Street, I was like, please, if he's going to get to Sesame Street, <laughs> let him get to fucking Oscar the Grouch. You know I'll wander all over this damn Sesame neighborhood, my man, <laughs> before coming back to Oscar. But That's yeah, correct. I just need a little bit of time there, I guess. And I believe she was in she was around in the 70s, maybe early 80s. Mm. So not in the 90s, pre-grunge. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Okay. Pre-grunge. Maybe the music genre took its name from her. I doubt that, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a literature question for you. Okay. Which Charles Dickens novel focuses on the education of an orphan named Pip? Which Charles Dickens novel focuses on the education of an orphan named Um, Pip? (sighs) I'm giving you the Dickens. (laughs) Dickens cider. Um, so I know a couple of Charles Dickens novels. I'm not going to putz around too long. Um, I'm going to guess Great Expectations. Why would you guess that? It's because one of the only Charles Dickens novels I know that is not, um, the Christmas, Christmas, whatever. A Christmas Carol. A Christmas. A, A Christmas. Not the. A A a how humble of a title <laughs> exactly just, even, just mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. that's right okay it is great expectations yeah okay. i thought that the uh, there's not a strong hint there i would say but the orphan you know it's like what are you going to become great expectations you know i feel like it's one of those the education of an orphan i think you and i had this conversation but this kind of goes along with though it has been kind of debunked but there are just questions that you think are easy that are only easy for people that like love trivia. Mm-hmm. The primary colors one is a good example. If you were to add the art, you know, quantifier, yeah, or qualifier rather to that, there are some people that just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not a whole bunch. 
but it depends on where you go. If you go to like a bar that doesn't do trivia and you were to just go there with a bunch of people to sit at the bar, you know, that get there at like five fifteen after their day job and immediately start drinking. The people that happen to be there, they're not there for right, trivia. Exactly. They're just in the room. If you were to just be like, surprise, we're doing trivia. There's probably a surprisingly amount of people that will get stuff like Fortnite wrong. Remember when we had the Fortnite conversation? Mm-hmm. Not about and the game, but about no, the length of time. About the length of time. Mm-hmm. Um, 14. 14 days. Um, you and I know that like the back of our hand. Mm-hmm. And our listeners mostly do because they are people that are interested in trivia either the pursuit of the knowledge or just the fun and games of seeing what you do and don't know and learning something that retain most of that information. But the everyday person, it's hard to forget sometimes. So I had, I would see, this is not a question I would ask at all on this podcast, but I asked a question the other day that I need a third, three point, three point question. My points range from three to eight. Stuart Sutcliffe and Pete best former members of what classic rock band? That's a rather easy question, Mark. That's the Beatles. Well, guess what? What? Like three teams got it right out of like 12. Yeah. So not so easy. Actually, You think for, it's easy mm-hmm. because you know music and because you do trivia. Right. Stuart Sutcliffe just celebrated his birthday recently, actually. HBD. But people were putting fucking Green Day. People were putting... <laughs> Uh, Pink Floyd, eh, people were closer. putting all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not know it's the Beatles? Because they don't give a shit. Why would they care? Like, if they're not Beatles fans or music isn't a big thing to them, yeah, then why would they know? Right. If they're not artists, why would they know about primary colors? You know what I mean? And I mean, a lot of these people, they would ask you, how many current do you need to route to a box? To I have no fucking clue. And they'd be like, well, how do you not know it's 118 volts? And it's like, okay, fair enough. Like everybody's smart at something, but this general trivia game can be, can be tough. Can yeah. Be tough. That, uh, that question about great expectations, that was a uh, 43% success rate. So just under half of the teams getting that right. And yeah, I think it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's sometimes a matter of like following the thread and saying, and being trained as a trivia player to say, is there a hint here? Are the details important and stuff like that? And I think our listeners are keying into that, you know, when they go play uh, their local trivia and stuff like that, because they listen to how we write the questions. And we have a lot of commonality, I'm sure, with the way that some of their quiz writers write their questions as well and trying to, like, build in hints and stuff like that. But I don't know if they're, you know, doing exactly the way that they are. Sometimes they emphasize, like, the comedy and the flavor text and stuff. You know how I feel about that. Right. But, um, yeah, you – you picked up on it there. Great just expectations. Knew, just knew just enough. Mm-hmm. Just enough to be uh, to be problematic. Here is your next question. is a sports question. In the NBA, that's the National Basketball Association. In the NBA, how many seconds is the offensive team allowed possession before they have to take a shot? It's referred to as the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Major League Baseball has now implemented a pitching clock right. to try and speed up the game because baseball is the most boring thing on the face of the planet, unless it's the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can come at me in the fucking comments if you want I don't to. Know about that one? I've got what sports more boring. I don't. I'm not here to insult sports, but I would argue that golf is probably a little bit more boring. I'd say golf is up there. 
Um, the thing about golf is that you expect it to be boring. Baseball <laughs> tries to like pump it up like it's supposed to be exciting, and then just oh, NBA shot clock. How many mm. seconds? Seven sounds good, but it also seems like maybe too short um, because it's like the. It's not the player holding the ball. It's the entire team having to take a shot. So, you That's know, correct. there could be a lot of, you know, maneuvering going on um, amongst the team. And you, you, you probably want to give them more than seven seconds. Ten seconds? Is that also too short? I mean, in a game, though, that seems like it could be just enough time. Maybe even longer could feel like an eternity, much like the sus. So I'm going to go with 10 seconds. Sorry, that's incorrect. Wrong. Longer get, than that. Oh, they okay, they get a little bit longer than that. They get considerably over twice that amount. 24 seconds Oh, okay. on the shot clock. They have 24 seconds once the ball is inbound. Well, that's good. Don't let me write the rules. They're going to get the ball you know, from the backcourt. You yeah, know, up. You gotta and then over up to and the then, yep. Exactly. Well, not traveling. No traveling. No, no traveling. Please, though there is still quite a lot of traveling that <laughs> takes place. There's uh, quite a lot of argument about that as well. With what's referred to as the Euro step, which I don't know much about, so don't uh, don't don't get. Well, into. now you've introduced it, and we can't just leave it well, here. Well, I would love to try and give some information, but I'd hate to wreck anyone's lives by giving incorrect information here. Well, let's look it up. Okay, that's that's Feel what we should. Look this, it is, up. this is our new, this is our new methodology here. Do we? Not anybody, that this is even a question, but does anybody want to want produce this podcast for free? <laughs> I'll give you ten dollars a week if you want to. Yeah, that'll come out of your cut. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Euro step, two step, or long lateral is a basketball move in which offensive player picks up the dribble, takes a step in one direction, and then quickly takes a second step in another, is intended to allow the offensive player to evade a defender and attack the basket. This is illegal? The Euro step? It, it is something that people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, you know, there's been a, a rise in European players, especially ever since basketball went more or less super international with the 1992 dream team. Um, and there has been more and more, uh, European players and they have been bringing some European moves to the United States, including this. Um, but I believe and God forgive me if I'm wrong for the love of Christ, but I believe a lot of people consider it a travel and it's, uh, caused some, it says here that according to the New York Times writer Jonathan Abrams, it goes right to the edge of being a traveling violation. Yeah, there you go. So uh, it continues here on Wikipedia. Anecdotal reports indicate that officials not familiar with the move may call it a traveling violation. Today, the, Euro- step. the Euro step is often used when a player drives the hoop. It can be especially effective when a shorter guard. So is the idea that you you take your first step and then your second step, you don't put your foot down first or something like that. Like you just, it's like a little hop. I do not know. Uh, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> All right. We got Mark is on guard right now. All right. Amanda's uh, is going to come here and <laughs> cut off one of my pinkies. If let, I let's just wrong. move on to our next question. You asked me about rivers. Here's my river revenge. You're going to ask me about Cuomo. You. 
which, which Italian city, this is Italian, which Italian city is located in the Po River Valley and is known for its rich cuisine, including its signature ragu? It's called the Fat City, actually, because the food is so rich. Italian? Which Italian city is located in the Po River Valley and is known for its rich cuisine, including its signature ragu? You watch uh, The Bear? I've seen a few episodes, yeah. Seen a few episodes of season one, seen a few episodes of season two. Why don't you just watch it? Because usually I, I come in, I'm hosting trivia, and I come home, and it's Kyle's watching, and I just sit down, and I watch the rest of it. Kyle! And, uh, what? I have offered so many times to start from the beginning, but mm. always says no, mm. it's not my fault. What's wrong with just watching uh, some Because of you it? should, because a TV show should be watched from beginning to end, it's going to story. Okay, well, sometimes I don't even like the episode. But so it's, it's very like, good, all right, I'm, especially I'm fine with, when you watch the you know, whole Some thing. episodes are good, you know, it's... I'm just saying, like, you might not like it because you don't know what's going on. Because I didn't say I it's don't a like linear it. story. Bad episodes are sometimes good because you know what's going on with the characters and such. There's so much content, Mark. I, I, I can't be expected to watch everything. I don't expect you to watch everything. <laughs> but this is very good. I, I understand. I get why. Critically I, acclaimed. I get it. I get why people like it. I like watching it when I'm watching it. And maybe I will go back and, and watch the rest of it. Um, Italian city, the fat city, mm-hmm. no, known for its ragu. Remember having a question about ragu once? Was that just like a meat Italian, like your tomato sauce? Um, well, Italian city. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, what Italian cities do I know? Do I know any? Rome. Rome is in Italy. Um, Venice is in Italy. Um, what else is in Italy? <laughs> so many places. I'm like two places. Now I know why when people are like, I have to tell people it's like North Dakota, America. I'm like North Dakota. Who doesn't know what North Dakota is? We had an episode of uh, Lyrics to Go where we talked about SoCal. Um, mm-hmm. That's where your mind states. <laughs> where your mind states, according to Max <laughs> from Eve Six. Yes, Max Collins. But it's not their state of mind. And I was like, I totally agree with you, by the way. I thought he said where my mind stays. I better just line, isn't it? It's way better. It makes sense. Yeah. Actually makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. It's not just me. Um, but uh, we had a listener write in and say, like, I didn't know SoCal, which were for so- Southern California. And they're in, they're in New Zealand. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, of course, obviously, like, good to keep in check sometimes living in America and everything being so Americanized. You expect people just know this to just know this stuff, but yeah, U.S. centric. Knock me down a couple pegs. Um, I don't. I believe there's some place that starts with a P. I'm sure, there's many. Um, Prego. So, I'm wondering if it's the name of a famous. What? Oh, what if the answer was ragu? <laughs> I'd be so pissed. Oh, you're you're making a face. Well, prego means you're welcome. 
um, I believe. Grazi Prego. Um, which is funny. It's a cocky name for a sauce. I was going to say, yeah. A little uh, presumptuous. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had Prego, okay? Maybe you should... Uh, let me see how this <laughs> is first. Back. How do I need to dull this Un up? Momento. <laughs> <laughs> Un momento. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Italy. Um, I'm in Italy. <laughs> this is where I am eating spaghetti. Oh, uh, Bologna. I'm going to say Bologna. That's correct. Holy yeah. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Sauce. Got there. Is that what you did? Did you think of the sauce or? Yes. Oh, nice. Yes. Bolognese. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you just made it in under the wire. I yeah, felt you given up on that question. I was really losing hope. I was really losing hope. Amazing. And then somehow I, I got there last second. The Thank Bologna. Christ. Jesus. Um, all right. Here's thwarted my, my river revenge. <laughs> uh, here's my next question for you. Under the 1966 Vandalism Act, 18-year-old Michael Fay was caned due to car vandalization in what country? You remember this story? Yeah, this was mentioned in... Uh Weird Al's Headline News. Yes. The parody of uh, mm, 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 by Crash Test Dummies. There Mm. was this kid who... That's Mm. right. I play that song at trivia sometimes, Headline News. It throws people off because they think it's the Crash Test Dummies. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he's doing like the armpit fart noise. and Lorena Bobbitt. Mm -hmm. Michael Fay. Yep. And what's the other story? Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it's Thailand. It's a uh, Southeastern Asian country. Did you say that specifically? You just said what country? I believe I just said what country. Under the 1966 yeah. Vandalism Act, 18-year-old Michael Fay was caned due to car vandalization in what country? Thailand, Taiwan. I think it's one of those two. Thai- Thailand is my answer. Sorry, that's incorrect. Is it Taiwan? Sorry, that's also incorrect. Indonesia? Sorry, that's also incorrect. <sighs> Just tell me then. You're close. Singapore is the correct answer. You gotta be kidding me. I held it in. I was like, I think Singapore's a city. I don't want to sound like an idiot and suggest nope. it. Damn. You were right on. Turns out I am an idiot. <laughs> you are not an idiot. Well, in that question, I was. Should have at least uh, sussed it out. Anyway. All right. Singapore. Singapore slang. Here is a Unrelated. Uh, timely U.S. history question on account of it being uh, 4th of July here in the United States when this episode will be out. Well, it'll be the week days. of. Yeah. And this is a, uh, a question related to the Declaration of Independence. In which month of 1776 was the Declaration of Independence first signed by delegates in the U.S. Continental Congress? 
In which month of 1776 was the, the Declaration of Independence first signed by delegates of the U.S. Continental Congress? Now, when you're asking this, do you mean the first signature? Like, I can't remember if it was John By Hancock delegates. Okay. But completely? Like, everyone signed it? Yeah. Like, okay. they, they all got together and said, today's signing day. Well, hmm. Well, hmm. It's not going to be July, probably. You know, that's a little, a little on the nose. So I guess the question is, was it done before or was it done after? Um, that's right, Mark. What's the timeline? So, I mean, I guess it would have to, you would think it has to be all signed first before 4th of July to be a thing. Um, or maybe surprisingly, they kind of put the card before the horse and announced they were seceding from the rule of Britain. And then they're like, quick, already sign this thing. It didn't get done until October. Um, I'll say February. No. no. It was drafted in the month of June by Thomas Jefferson. It was adopted by the Continental Congress on July 4th. And then it was engrossed on parchment on August 2nd, signed on the 3rd. Got it. So August is the answer here. I bring this question up because uh, only 13% of my teams got this right and when i asked the question i'm not used to this but there was like laughter like this is so easy you know right and many of those teams uh they got it wrong and i was actually heavily criticized in the room for this question uh because the answer was august that i was looking for and uh, people just did not react well to this so I thought that this was an interesting question, but maybe it feels a little bit like a trick question. I think you have – it's a fine line and when you're asking it to enunciate the, the qualifier first signed by delegates. That is kind of like the key that ties this question to the time period of like you know the answer that you're looking for. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's signed by multiple people and the thought that it, that could happen over a number of days I think is kind of the issue. Because what could be is that, like, it was first signed in June by the first couple of people, but they didn't get all the signatures until August or September or whatever. So it seems like that might be kind of like where you're being sneaky. But I mean, I think it's definitely so obviously not. There's no trivia to that question. I mean, unless you're talking to people outside of the If you the know country, history, it's a U.S. history well, question. Well, what I'm saying is if the answer is July. Oh, yeah. There is, there is no trick to it. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to kind well, of know automatically, that, like, mm -hmm. there's nothing to laugh about here. Even I knew it couldn't be July. It's going to be sometime before, sometime after. Just too easy to be July. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So, like, my thought process was it was written and everything, and then, like, John Hancock and a couple of other motherfuckers started sending in February. It didn't get fully <laughs> signed until July. I don't know that it's it's clear. There might I don't know if there's record of when Hancock specifically signed it, but they talked about it on July 4th. They were like, we're doing this right. and we're going to write this all down now on paper. 
and uh, that's that's what they did on on the second my birthday. I like the idea that my birthday is the same day that the Declaration of Independence was drafted on parchment, and then it was uh, they the delegates started signing on August third. I don't know if it took multiple days, but August is the month in which the delegates specifically were to sign it. Got it. Um, I don't know if John Hancock was like. Well, it says it was engrossed on parchment on August 2nd, so I don't think he could have signed it before then. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I, I I was just guessing. Yeah. But I guess wrong. It did take multiple days, I mm-hmm. guess, for people to get signatures if it started on the 2nd and ended on the 3rd or whatever, or on the 4th. So, I mean, whatever. I, that's a fair question. I Thank mean, you. it's definitely, it's one of those where it's like, people are probably going to get it wrong, but now I'm going to remember yeah. that. That's that's what I think. It's like, it's a fun thematic question for July 4th week here in the States, but sure. it might not be a favorite question of your players. Just no. take heed, Quizmasters. <laughs> yeah. What, what? How many points was that bad boy worth? I think it was three. Mm. So. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, it is, you, win, you live and you learn. Lee, what word is both an elementary particle? I think that's three and three, isn't it? Is it? No. Wait. Yes, you went first this round, right? Me. You did. Then you. Then me. Then you. Then you and then me. So that's six. That's done. We're done? I think so. Jesus. Okay. We're going to take another another little break here and uh, come back with a rate my question and our final round of questions. Oh, no. Of episode 250. back and it's time for a rate my question got a question here from joe from philly who writes hey guys joe from philly here again trying to redeem my last question about a scaled insect remember that one no oh well that was joe from philly great you guys are still awesome though thank you apparently we hated it uh, we, we didn't hate it. It's just, you know, the scale thing. We, we kind of stuck on that and was like, does it have scales? It's like, uh, okay. you know, it's an insect and Sounds you know, it, it's named scale in terms of like something else. It's not, you know, I don't remember exactly, but okay. it was a, you know, a unique, a question about a unique creature sure. that we were not aware of. Here we go. Question. A Japanese term denoting live killing. Ikijime. Is a is a the humane? There's a typo here. We're not off to a great start. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try this one more time here. Okay. A Japanese term denoting live killing, ikejime, is the humane technique of running a wire down the spinal cord of what? Instantly killing, stopping reflex action like kicking and thrashing, which prevents a buildup of lactid, lactic acid that sours the flavor. A Japanese term denoting live killing, ikejime, is the humane technique of running a wire down the spinal cord of what? Instantly killing, stopping the reflex action like kicking and thrashing, which, which prevents a buildup of lactic acid that sours the flavor. How do you spell ikejime? I-K-E... J I M E. 
EKG makes sense, right? Well, <clears throat> thrashing. Mm-hmm. Kicking and thrashing. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of built-in hints here. Right. So if it can kick. It's got legs. It's not a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, thrashing. Well, cows don't thrash. I don't think of cows as being animals that thrash. They're a little more docile than that. Kicking and thrashing. And this is a meat that's eaten in Japan. It says sours the flavor. So we can presume that it's a, yeah, a meat that is, that is eaten. You got any ideas? I was honestly thinking cow. Um, You know, lactic acid is something that builds up in your muscles when you're using them, you know, so kicking and thrashing is going to do that. And I didn't know that that had a, uh, an effect on the flavor, but somebody figured it out. They've invented this, uh, this technique, um, running a wire down the spinal cord. So we know it's not like an octopus either, you know, or some kind of invertebrate. Um, so yeah, I was thinking either a cow or a pig. Pig might be right. I see pigs thrashing and kicking. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I watched, unfortunately watched Meet Your Meat in, you know, high school and it's just a bunch of factory farm footage, basically. Right. Terrible. I mean, it's terrible, you know, that it exists as a practice. Obviously, I benefit from it and, <laughs> you know, I, I eat meat. It didn't, I guess, prevent me from that, but it was a horrific experience to watch. I'll give it that. Um but I don't remember the details on how either of these these creatures go off in the into the the slaughterhouse. I know that um, with pigs, there was an episode of uh, This American Life, wasn't there? That dealt with like a uh, factory farm involving pigs. Not sure. You don't remember this? The Showtime series on. I do remember yeah. it. I actually have both seasons on DVD. But I don't remember that episode. I think they talked about how they have to, like, motivate the pigs to, like, exercise regularly because they ran into a situation where they would, you know, get the pigs so fattened up so that they would, like, have cardiac arrest on their way to the slaughterhouse. They wouldn't even make the walk, basically. So. I've seen some of that footage. It's mm -hmm. it's brutal. For sure. This is a brutal question. Let me ask you, let me, let me bring up an animal to you. Mm-hmm. Horse. Mm. Now. Known for their kicks. Mm, known for their thrashes. Mm-hmm. And not and a, horse not, meat is not a meat that we he- eat here in America. Mm-hmm. Not positive it's eaten in China or Japan or mm-hmm. anywhere in Asia, but could be. It's definitely eaten in Asia, in Japan, um, like I think you know Russia and um, in. Well, I don't know if they eat horse in India. But for Japan, I'm I'm not sure if they eat horse in Japan. Do they? That's not what I think of as a Japanese. I think of wagyu, you know. Right. Um, Kobe beef. Some might call it. 
that's that's what's bringing me to to cow is that this is Japanese. It's Completely got legs, understand. Yeah, I mean, the, I even I pork just, is. I just can't imagine. I you know, people talk about cows being docile, like they're not kicking and thrashing. I don't think of cows as like doing that. Well, maybe things change in the slaughterhouse when you're all chained up and look, if you want to say cow, we can say cow. I just, I, I understand why it seems obvious, especially with Kobe beef, etc. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just cause they have Kobe beef in Japan does not mean that this answer has to be cow. I just can't imagine. What are you looking at? What are you doing over there? We spell or we pronounce Ikejime right. So I was, I was looking oh, that up. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you're taking a chance now that you think it's cow. Looking it up. <laughs> Is cow our answer? No, it's not. <laughs> Enter a, either a firm knock on the head or a spiking of the brain called Ikejime will kill fish immediately. So fish is the answer. I don't like that at all. Well, this is your opportunity, Mark, to express yourself because <laughs> this is our rate my question segment. And uh, let's get down to it here. So I just want to double check. I, I looked that up during the pronunciation. That uh, result that I just read did not involve a wire at all. Yeah. Um, thought that was interesting. But let's look it up on Wikipedia. That is where we were directed. Well, you know, I will say... Um, for what it's worth, I don't know if there is some, um, you know, there's like a term for fish when they are going nuts. If they refer to it as kicking, um, I would, if there is, I would leave that out because man, kicking really brings you to a certain place. It connotates legs. Yes, it absolutely does. It can I can see I can see what you're talking about when you say like the fish is kicking. Like I, I know what you mean. Right, yeah. But that's the little kick- bit of a misnomer. I'm no biologist, but <laughs> when I think of kicking, I think of legs, folks. Um and Lee's having a hard time finding anything even out of wire. Well the no, the wire is mentioned here on Wikipedia in like the second sentence. They do mention the a uh, spike uh, involves the insertion of a spike quickly and directly into the hind brain, usually located slightly behind and above the eye, thereby causing immediate brain death. After spiking the brain, a thin needle or piece of wire is inserted into the spinal column to prevent any further muscle movement. Okay. Uh, B minus. So your main problem here is the, the kicking well, thing. I'll give it a flat B. Yeah, I, it's just uh, sends you down the wrong path. I think if you just said thrashing, that would be good enough. Um, yeah, know. in its current form, kicking. Mm. Yeah, right. Mm. Mm. Feels gross, don't it? God, poor Joe. And I hate the Eagles, too, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of any Philly sports. Uh, I love you. Thank you for sending this in. But, uh, yeah, man, kicking is just, uh, like I said, even if it is a popular fishing term, when you know that you're asking this question to the any man, 
Um, if you had just said thrashing, well, any animal can thrash, right? I mean, I'd still argue except for a cow, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think just thrashing this, this question's an A or an A plus, but with kicking in there, I gotta, I gotta knock it down a peg or two. I gotta, I gotta give it a B, maybe, maybe a B plus if I'm having a good day. Yeah. I think you could even take out the phrase like kicking and thrashing and just saying instantly killing, stopping reflex action, which prevents a buildup of lactic acid that sours the flavor. You don't need kicking or thrashing. I mean, it's it's descriptive of what's going on, but for the question, I think it's working as a negative B. It's misleading, you yeah, know. I, that's how I feel. Yeah. So um, I would give this a, a you know lowercase p because this is kind of rare, but also about a popular food subject. You know, this obviously applies to sushi. I imagine very frequently. Um, it's very interesting. I'm giving it a negative B. I don't give those very frequently, but I really Damn. don't like that kicking and thrashing thing. Thrashing, okay, but also not even necessary, I think, for the question. Um, and uh, S, I'm going to give it a lowercase s because a really lowercase s <laughs> because of this kicking and thrashing thing. But it's also a couple typos in here and stuff like that. I think it could just be tightened up a little bit. And X Factor... Sure, I'll give it a little X, too. We sussed for a little bit. We had our fun with our sus, didn't we? We yeah. had fun sussing. We had a fun... Look, I, I always have a fun sus with you. Thank you. Though I did strongly disagree with you and still disagree with you about cow being a decision outside mm -hmm. of the, fair. the knowing of Wagyu. Mm -hmm. But I always have a fun sus with you. Thanks, brother. All right, so that's our that's our uh, rating for that question. We got a B minus and a minus B. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to write us with a rate to my question or. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you'd like to write us with a rate, my question. <laughs> you did it again. No, I'm not saying it. I'm just going right well, up you're to going, the edge. Uh, if you'd like to write us with a rate, my question. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. Or even give us just a little no note. You can do so at no nonsense trivia at gmail.com or call us at 1 929 356 69. Thank you for uh, saving me from that bit loop. Hey, that's yeah. what I'm here for. Round three starts now. And yes. I have a casino games question for you. Okay. What casino game is is massively popular in Japan and functions primarily as a pinball-driven low-stakes machine equivalent to the slot machine in the West. What casino game is massively popular in Japan and functions primarily as a pinball-driven low-stakes machine equivalent to the slot machine in the West? Let me tell you how weird this is. Okay, so... I just want to say, before you even finish this question, I was going to say Kino. I was just going to say that out loud. I do not know 100% that Kino is the right answer, okay? But I just got done watching a show called Kevin Can Fuck Himself that was written uh, in part and executive produced by uh, Sean Clements, who does Hollywood Handbook. He had talked about being in Boston, working on this show. It's about, it's, it's, very, it's a very, very interesting show. Um, it is shot both like a drama and a sitcom. 
So it's like, oh, ha, 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 this guy is so awful to his wife. And then we'll immediately, whenever he exits the room, it's dimly lit and lit like a drama where his wife is like, I've had enough. I can't stand this anymore. Um, Very, very, um, you know, it is based on a lot of the, you know, anti, like the misogynistic undertones of a lot of TV shows. And is based on the TV show uh, Kevin can or Kevin can wait, mm. um, which was done by what's his name Kevin whatever, uh, the chunky dude who was on fucking Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. That one. He had a show called Kevin Can Wait. Yes. Oh, okay. Off of Heaven Can Wait. Ha ha ha. Oh. And he had a wife, and the crowd reaction wasn't good to the wife, so they killed her off between the first and second seasons hmm. and then brought leah remini in wasn't this ki- king of queens no no this was kevin can wait i know i wasn't I was she on king of this. queens too i believe so i'm not sure because i don't know so please i'm not i am telling you i'm not sure she may have been on king of queens i'm gonna look but it up. i do not know i'm gonna look it up so anyway this show is very very cool in that it bounces back and forth stylistically uh, a lot. Two seasons. I got AMC Plus like on a free thing and like binge it all. And it was very, very good. Um, and actually, um, the woman who played Kevin James's wife in that first series pops up in the second season, um, which is fun and, and kind of neat. Um, but in it, one of them, one of the characters wins money playing Kino. And I was like, what the hell is Kino? And I didn't look it up. (laughs) But I think of Kino being a game like this. And I know someone was playing Kino at a bar and was like looking up at it at a screen of some kind. And so have you have you found out if Leah Remini was in King? She indeed was. She was. Okay. So so I don't know if that carried over. Kevin Can Wait only lasted two seasons, I believe. Because I think it was there was a little bit of an uproar that they just killed like between the first and second like they just wrote the other one. It's supposed off. to be a sitcom, right? Yeah, and came back and they were like, Oh, his wife died. Yeah, that's like tenth season of Roseanne type shit, it is not very, second season. Yes, it was very, very weird. Uh so anyway, <clears throat> I almost just said Kino. And then you asked the question, and I was like, I think the answer is Kino. So I'm now going to say to you, I think the answer is Kino. No, I'm sorry, Mark. Ah, Kino is not so pinball cool. driven. It's not okay. low stakes either, I don't think. Kino is um it's like a quick lottery game. So you like pick okay. a bunch of numbers really quickly and then you immediately find out like All if right. you pick the right numbers. This is Pachinko. Pachinko. Oh okay. and it's a game where uh you can circumvent the gambling rules in Japan because you don't get like a prize there. You get like a pachinko token that has your value. And then you have to go leave the casino, go to another store and they will buy the, the, uh, the reward (laughs) from you and pay you. And then they sell the, the coin back to the pachinko parlor 
uh, for the same price. So it's it's a bit of a it's very popular because gambling is not legal in Japan, but pachinko machines kind of fill the gap, so to speak. And I did have a few teams write down Plinko, which is a similar style game from right. The Price Is Right, but yeah. not the name of the actual game itself. Damn. Yeah. So that one, uh, a third of my teams got that right. I love that. I think that's like a good number, you know, for teams to to get a question right because. It's about a third, you know, and if you get every question, a third of the teams are getting it right, you're going to have a good mix. Well, Lee, I had another last question I wanted to ask you, but I started asking you a question already, so I think I'm just going to go ahead and finish it. Okay. Here's your last question for me, and the last question of this, our 250th episode. What word is both an elementary particle... And a Central and Eastern European dairy product made from soured milk. An elementary particle and a Eastern European... Shares the name. Dairy product? Eastern and Central European dairy product made from soured milk. The cottage cheese particle. (laughs) course <laughs> um hmm elementary particle my gut says go with qu- uh quark again you know that's uh that's an elementary particle and it sounds like it could be a <laughs> dairy product there's atoms ions neutrinos neutrino sounds kind of like a food but i see that as being more of like an orange juice type drink or something try neutrino um, elementary particle, electron, proton, which of these sounds the most Eastern European? Maybe quark. What a weird word. Quark. Sounds like, uh, somebody mispronouncing Superman's name. Are you quark Quint? <coughs> I'm looking for quark Quint. Please. <laughs> I'll go with Quark. Quark is correct. Yeah. All right. Good job. Quark. Uh, this is interesting. It's yeah. It, it looks like some kind of like cottage cheese, but more creamy than uh, than curd like. Wow. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I know you. You yeah, you brought wow, it up. That man. sounds like hell. This is <laughs> this is your question. Cool. You're the one who said something about soured milk. Although this is from Wikipedia, although quark is sometimes referred to loosely as a type of quote cottage cheese, they can be distinguished by the different production aspects and textural quality. With the cottage cheese grains described as more chewy or meaty. Oh fuck off! So this looks like it could be like a spread, Ugh, maybe. Put this on up. some bread. It even has a little postage stamp and. Did a you Lithuanian see that this fucking soured milk thing is meaty? No, cottage cheese is more meaty. This oh, is okay. more of a smooth texture. It looks oh, like. God vomit everywhere i've never heard of it thanks for letting me know so, i wonder if we can get that down very, here in yeah, southwest florida try. and thank you everybody for oh. listening to presumably 250 episodes of the no nonsense <laughs> trivia podcast if you haven't listened to all 250 i'll point you to our patreon page where you can get access to our entire archive not just the last year's episodes but uh, please give us a subscription if you're just checking out the show for the first time right now. No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. As I mentioned, you can support the show 
by visiting our Patreon or the easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You can also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate that very much. And we have merch available. If you uh, go to the show notes of this episode, you can find a link that will take you to uh, a page that has T-shirts and uh, water tumblers and beach towels and all sorts of good stuff. Spread the word. You can get a Pibs uh, fanny pack or a waste bag, I should say, for listeners across the pond. <laughs> and like I mentioned, you can support us on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page, giving you access to bonus content, our full library of episodes, and more. Should I tell them? Oh, yeah. We need to tell you guys. I'll tell them. I'll tell them on your behalf here. Let's all give it up for Mark Davis for reading nigh of 80 names sometimes on this uh, this Patreon segment. But whole lot of names. We are retiring our proverbial light keeper and rumple snailskin mentions uh this will be the last reading of those those class of patreon supporters of course we thank you for your support and you know you're not losing any kind of benefits by signing up through the patreon but we are going to reserve these special shout outs from now on for our team captains and our quiz daddies which will make it a lot shorter and give me a lot less reading to do this is the last time that i'll read people from all four uh quadrants Yes. Of Patreon support. So may your names live on in infamy. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. We've had our, before I read off this list, we have our first Quiz Mommy. Yeah. Quiz Mommy Kaz. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kaz. Thank you very much. She's uh, part of the team Morris Code and some other names at uh, Pointy Bell every week. So thank you for your support, Kaz. New proverbial light keeper, John Dean. Yes. Go ahead, go oh yeah. Painting. And our first Rumble Snail Skin, or our first Rumble, new Rumble Snail Skin, Villain Seven Four Nine. Thank you, Villain Seven Four Nine. And we, whenever we have a new person, we will always thank them. We'll give them an introductory. I think that's fair. Yes. I love that. We okay. will do that. Yeah. So we will always give the introductory thank you for adding yourself yeah. to our Patreon. But the week after week thing. Holy shit. Yeah. And don't be quitting and signing up rapid fire so you get your yeah, game out every come month. On. We're already wise to your scheme. Absolutely. So big thanks to our quiz daddies and quiz mommy, Kaz, Rick G, Adam, aka Dr. AGE, Sam Spencer, Blake, aka Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma at Redcrest Kitchen. Congratulations to Adam, who just got um who just did a uh Another, um, what is it called? Honeycomb, whatever investment thing. Crowd investment. Yeah, for uh, for another Redcrest chicken. So I uh, look forward to coming up there at some point, buddy, and uh, feasting on your delicious chicken there. Tim with Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's, it's Gil. Our team captains, Hayden, Matt, Skyler, Fletcher, Kristen, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and DHX3. And thanks and farewell. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Not farewell, but you know what I mean. To our proverbial like Hebrews, Steve, Jesse, JV, Clay, Merritt, JB, Paul, James, Josh, Cameron, Stephen Day, Cy, Caitlin, Mike K, Cole, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, aka Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Brian, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F, Justin P, Justin Pachinko, and Justin M. 
Justin Mule, Moscow. And thanks to our Rumpelstiltskins, Kinkalot, Christy, Zoe, Brian K., Joey, Emily, Andrew H., Nora, Joe, Holgast, Mark with a C., Bill, Seth, Littlest of Lambs, Aunt Kiki, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Issa, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H-Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas, and all my favorite things from the screen, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and my good buddy, Mikey J. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question, rate us with a write my question or a miscorrection or even just a little no, no, no nonsense. Trivia gmail.com is the email address, or you can call us at one nine, two, nine, three, five, six, sixty, six, six. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at no nonsense trivia and on Twitter at no non trivia. Do you want to hang out with us throughout the week? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five, Five stars, stars only, please. please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week my buddy Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>